Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. And thank you for listening. Okay, so uh, David is not here. David is uh, sick. And so we are unable to uh, record an episode this week. Uh, sorry about that. So uh, we are going to air a, uh, a clip show um, featuring uh, very, some of our favorite uh, you know, moments from, uh, you know, from the podcast. Uh, many of these are from episodes that are no longer available. So uh, if there are any new listeners, then uh, this will probably be the first time that you've heard this. So uh, anyway, sorry, everybody, that, uh, that we're doing this. But, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've heard David... Uh, when he's sick, and you certainly do not want uh, that voice in your ear. So, anyway, uh, and then uh, I will take this time to also plug my new show. Uh, it's called More Than One Lesson, and it is now available uh, on iTunes. You can also go to morethanonelesson.com and uh, subscribe. And, and uh, there are, let's see, I just recorded episode four in which I talk about uh, Superbad. Uh, up and let's see. Episode one was about milk. Episode two is about Frost Nixon. Episode three was about religious. Uh, and for those that uh, that don't know, the new show is basically film criticism from a uh, Christian perspective. So uh, you know, keep keep that in mind as you give it a listen. So um, so yeah, if you wanna if you wanna listen to something uh, with my voice, just head on over to morethanonelesson.com and uh, subscribe to the show. But uh, in the meantime, uh, so for the, uh, the for the next hour, there's going to be various clips uh, from Battleship Pretension, and uh, we hope you enjoy them. Thanks. Um, all right, so I'm going to change gears here. Uh, some people have said, David... Uh, what have they said? They have said that uh, that you and I need to disagree more... Or at the very least, we need to take on topics that might that might be a little more controversial that that uh, that the viewer might not necessarily agree with. Yeah, because um, we we get a fair amount of email. We do, um, and uh, it's usually and I have to I appreciate it. Don't stop. Oh uh, yes, it's, yes, it's usually very positive. It is because it's, to be honest, like when we have a podcast all about how awesome George C. Scott is. Yeah. My guess is someone's no one's going to email and be like that. George C. Scott's a prick. I hate him. You know, no one's going to do that. Like the only person that would be drawn to a podcast about George C. Scott is probably somebody that likes George C. Scott. Right. Um, so anyway, and usually if we get anything ne- negative at all, it usually has more to do with either the format of the show or yeah. the sound quality or Apparently, something like yeah. that. But <laughs> and I- that's just for me. So it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, but anyway, so I had this idea. A few weeks ago, here's what we're gonna do. We, <laughs> in an attempt to try and be kind of controversial and get some of those, some of those get get some good discussions going with our listeners. Uh, David and I have come up with e- each of us have come up with five statements. We've boiled them down to like maybe one or two sentences. I don't know why I said maybe one. <laughs> it's just there's no <laughs> there's no just chunks of words uh, in any of my statements, but. Um, Anyway, uh, so we're going to go back and forth. Uh, I will say that for me, in simplifying mine, you know, uh-huh. down, in, in boiling mine down to just a sentence or two, uh, it, it is a little hyperbolic. Okay. All right. So uh, please keep that in mind. Uh, we are, I'm, we're not going to elaborate on any of these statements right now. If you want us to elaborate, email us. So anyway, um, so that's, that's the deal. Uh, 
I'll go, and then David will go, and then I'll go. I mean, all told, this will probably take about a minute and a half. Okay. Uh, uh, but uh, so, listen, no so listen close. Order. Did you rank yours? Uh, the one that might get the most emails is, num- is the last one. Uh, uh, see, I didn't do that. Okay. But, okay, uh, you go first then. Okay. No, no, wait. If yours is the last, you know what? You should, I should go first, so your big oh, one okay. will go last. Okay. Um, I don't have anything clever to say about this. Uh, outtakes at the end of a movie, especially animated Toy Story outtakes, that's a whole, that's a second level. But outtakes at the end of a movie in general are fucking stupid, and I don't like you if you like them. All right, I'll go next. <clears throat> if they gave Academy Awards for overacting, John Voight would have more Oscars than Edith Head. David? Uh, Wes Anderson is the Dane Cook of hipster filmmakers. Oh, that's going to get some emails. All right. <laughs> this one's kind of long. Okay. I think all the coverage of celebrity scandals, you know, Britney, Lindsay, Paris, uh, is really just a way of diverting the public's attention away from the alarming fact that people are willingly giving prestigious awards to 24 starring Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> um, uh, the deer hunter is bloated and self-indulgent. Let me elaborate. It is bloated and self-indulgent to a fault. Okay. <clears throat> I hate to say it, but some like it hot just isn't that great. Go on, David. Uh, Futurama has always been funnier than The Simpsons ever was. Nice. <laughs> All right. Um, <clears throat> yes, Sean Penn, we get it. Acting is very, very hard. You can turn down the intensity now. Uh, My last one has nothing to do with film or television. Okay, go ahead. Uh, The paintings, the work of Mark Ryden, make me want to punch myself in the eyeballs. Okay. Well, you're going to get an email from me wondering who Mark Ryden is, because I might (laughs) know it and and I don't know it. Okay. All right. Um, All right, my last one. Here we go. The more I read up on both, the more I see eerie similarities between Michael Moore and Joseph McCarthy. So okay, so that's done. Those are our controversial statements. If you uh, if you have any uh, questions about them or you hate us for some reason, by all <laughs> means, send us an email. Um, can I talk real quick? I've had a I've had this conversation before, so this isn't fresh off the cuff. But that's fine. How bad Samuel L.'s death scene is, and uh, and I'm not a I'm not a big hater of the last three Star Wars movies as much as many people. I I okay. I, I, I but I don't. I don't think they're amazing, but I, I think they've got fun to watch things about him. But his I death scene is liked so... I the Sith. I kind of liked that one. Yeah, me too. But his death scene is so bad in that... Do you remember it very well? You see, they're fighting. And he gets thrown out a window. But I remember before he promoted that movie, he, one, he's spoiled. He's like, I'm dying in the movie, <laughs> just so everybody knows. And it was like, what? why did you tell me that? And, and two... Uh, he said it multiple times. Oh, I'm dying, and and when I die, it's go- I'm going out because I'm not letting George let- have me go out by like a sucker. And like, <laughs> and and when he goes out, he goes out like a sucker. It is so crappy. <laughs> it's does. like he half. At, it's like he he's on the telephone the whole time. He's like uh, he gets hit by lightning, and then he flies out the window, and he's like, but before he flies out the window, he's like, ouch, owie, ow, oh no. <laughs> And then he flies, and you hear kind of a, ah, you know. (laughs) All right. My number two is a movie that I have loved since I was a kid. That is not the only reason that it's on my top ten. Sure. But it's an amazing film that I, more than 12 Angry Men, will watch over and over again. And that is Jaws. 
All right. And you know what? Here's Enough what I said. Moving on. <laughs> really? No. Okay. Um, here's what I well, you know what? With Jaws, you could kind of get away with that. Everyone's seen Jaws. Um, and everyone loves Jaws. But you know what? Here's what I will, here's what I will say is that, and we've kind of talked about this before. Don't, don't like something because you feel like you should like it. It's fine to respect it, but like, yeah. Jaws is my second favorite movie of all time. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? It's a movie about a big shark. <laughs> you know, granted, there's a lot of other things going on, but ultimately, that's what people are going to see when they see, oh, Wedged Between 12 Angry Men and Citizen Kane. I'm not ruining anything. Everybody knows it's my favorite movie. But <laughs> Wedged Between those, you got that shark movie. But you know what? It's a great movie. You shouldn't have to apologize for liking a great movie, regardless of if it kicked off summer blockbusters or if it's about a big fish that eats people. Like, if it's yeah. a great movie... And you love it. Don't apologize for it. Don't, you know, I, it's like for years and years, there were a lot of movies on my top hundred that I put on there. I liked them. They were fine, but they weren't my favorite, but I felt like they should be on my list. And you know what? If you do that, you, you're not going to like hate yourself, but you just, you know, if you know why you love something and you can defend why you love it and it's truly good, just own that because you bring up a good point that I want to mention. You shouldn't. Okay. You shouldn't condemn something because of what it wrought. Because uh, right, the whole summer blockbuster thing, yeah, is Jaws's fault. <laughs> yeah, well, not to mention Jaws two, three, and four is Jaws's <laughs> fault. Right. Um, um. And again, to bring it back to music, there's a lot of shitty music that came from people listening to the Beatles. Yeah. And, and deciding they wanted to make music doesn't make yeah. the Beatles any less good. Right. So anyway, so that said, you know, it's just it's a message that I wish somebody had said to me because you just spend so much time like getting mad at yourself and I still do it obviously but getting mad at yourself for loving something that everybody loves cuz and a lot of people in film school especially are going to be like oh really you like that you know what fuck them yeah. all right you like what you like and if it's good there's nothing wrong with that so jaws wonderful film with what I think is great acting and that's why it's more than just a typical horror movie it's because when somebody dies you care about the fact that they died yeah um to this day I mean, I, I love Robert Shaw in that film. And to this day, when when I watch him die, I'm sad and my heart is freaking pounding. I know that that big shark is fake. Uh-huh. It looks fake. That does, But that's not the issue. The issue is that a character that I believe is real is dying. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm responding to, not this fairly fake-looking fish. Um, and so there's that. And, like, there's a lot of deeper elements you know i mean my dad introduced me to a play that i love called an enemy of the people by henry gibson and it's very much the same story not by henry gibson star not by, Nashville, <laughs> by not henrik ibsen <laughs> uh well done david good call um anyway uh but it has that that mentality of like a guy who uh has to make a choice like do i do what's best for the public or do I just kind of look out for my own interest? Because ultimately if he, if Brody like makes a big stink about like, we got to close the beaches and he makes a big, a big stink, he's going to get fired. And then the, the mayor and all that, they're going to do what they want anyway. So like, what does he do? And in the first, and he winds up, you know, just doing what they want him to do. And then he pays the, everybody pays the price. And that's why structurally at the end, like three guys go out on that boat to stop the shark and 
two of them are way more qualified to stop the shark. Uh-huh. One is a shark hunter. One is a shark expert. One is a guy who hates water. You know, it's <laughs> like, which one? But that's the thing. He's the one that made the decision. He's the one that has to kill that shark, even though he's not qualified to do it. And so it, there's a lot of stuff going on with Jaws. But, aside, but you know what? Even without all that, it's just a fun movie with characters that I really care about. So, uh, David and I, this was, uh, this must have been, two, oh, it was 2002. It was, no, it was, it was, it was New Year's Eve 2001. New Year's, New Year's Eve 2001. Thank you. Um, sorry, I got confused. Because uh, we but, didn't uh, have any friends. But we, uh, <laughs> so, uh, let's see. We were coming back from Christmas break. I was in Springfield, Missouri. David was in uh, St. Louis. So, I drove to St. Louis, and then we flew from St. Louis to Chicago. And then, so I was tired because I had dr- I had driven three hours, and then we flew, and it was after the holidays, and I'm freaking tired. David says, "Hey, let's go see this movie." I'm like, "I don't know." And then you described it, and admittedly, it sounded crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> "All right." And so I go see it, and it is a movie that uh, is. I will preface it by saying it is an amazing movie. In retrospect, I love it. I want to own it, and I want to own the soundtrack. It is amazing. However, it is also imagine imagine like a Jim Jarmusch film on Vicodin. You know what I mean? Like it is like there are maybe What's Vicodin do for you? I don't know. Oh, it it brings you down, right? Oh, okay. 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 Um, Sounds really slow. It is. Thank you. (laughs) Well done. Uh, It is very it's it's very slow. I mean, you know, and it's very silent at times. It's black and white. And, you you know, I like black and white. I like like this. It's an amazing movie. But and I was just so mad, and I at, after a certain about halfway through, and it's long. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. About it's three long. Hours, yeah. It's about three hours, and you loved it. Hang on, I okay. love it now. Okay, okay. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean time, to kill the about halfway through. I'm like, you know what? I am fucking going to sleep. All right, <laughs> I am tired. I am justified in going to sleep. I know I paid money for this, but whatever. I'm going to sleep. But because I'm unable to fall asleep, I can't let my, uh, you know, some, oh, something's being shown on a screen. I can't sleep. Right. Uh, so then I just sit there being furious. <laughs> I blame the movie for some reason. I'm just like, damn you. Why can't you, you let me fall asleep? And so I, so David and I are walking back to the L in Chicago. It's cold. I'm exhausted. I'm just so angry. And David's like, I really liked it. I'm like, I, it sucked. I hated that movie <laughs> um, because I'm just so damn tired. And uh, literally, and probably about a month later, I thought back on the movie. I'm like, that movie was haunting. That was really amazing. And I was, thankfully, I'd gotten some sleep since then. Yeah. So, uh, so highly recommended, Josh. You should see Verkmeister Harmonies. Verkmeister Harmonies. And one of my favorites, uh, again, not, this is not a movie that I saw when I was a child because I'm not a girl. I guess a lot of girls who grew up in the 80s saw this movie. Uh, I was introduced to it more recently by my girlfriend, uh, Teen Witch. Oh, my gosh. Teen Witch, which was, of course, the female answer to Teen Wolf. David, you brought it up. This is your baby. I'll let you run with it. Uh, well, I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, it's, it's an awesome movie. <laughs> it is off the charts awesome. It's about it's about a girl, and uh, she's not very popular. Uh, she is, however, uh, more attractive than her other unpopular friend, which is a staple of the of the genre. Of course, you've always got to have a completely sexless friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as we turn, as it turns out, this this friend, she's got herself a little crush too. She's got a crush on the uh, <laughs> the 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 white guy. 
with the pork pie and the vest with no shirt under it <laughs> who raps really poorly. And he and his friends just hang out by their locker or uh, by their car on the side of a suburban street with no one else around, uh, making up raps to songs with their shitty boombox. And having rap wars, if I'm not mistaken, because uh, at some point, doesn't he go back and forth with a, a woman uh, and... They with, say, okay, with this girl, her friend. Her, okay. With her friend, yes. What happens is she she can't muster up, uh, you know, the, the courage to go talk to this... Uh, ridiculous blowhard that she thinks is cute <laughs> so our gal the teen witch yeah she uh uh fingers her amulet <laughs> i don't know how you say it and it glows and suddenly her friend is uh imbued with the power to rap <laughs> and it is uh an unbelievably uh skillful <laughs> the, the way the the way these words tumble out of her mouth it's 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 along the lines of uh, uh i'm hot and you're not <laughs> And if you want to get with me, I'll give you one shot. I, I can't. I don't know the whole top thing. Top that. Oh, top that. That's what they keep going back and forth. Is, yeah. Hey, top. Oh, and then, yeah. What I just said. I, top that. I don't really give up about trying to top that. That's another line from it. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. That's another thing I forgot to mention. Teen Witch is a musical, <laughs> which is what makes it better than Teen Wolf. Absolutely. Uh, it also has a song where all the girls uh, dance around the locker room in leotards. Um, the song is called I Like Boys because, oh, of course, right. these girls are seniors in high school and are just discovering that they like boys. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what else? Uh, I Want to Be the Most Popular Girl is a great song. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, now, here's the th- – now, the the most enduring memory of uh, Teen Witch for me is the Teen Witch's brother. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This guy – this is – there okay. There's good acting. There's bad acting. Then there's this kid. I don't even the know. Otherworldly acting. There's other. I I, it is crazy. The choices that he <laughs> makes, because anybody who's making these choices, there is something horribly wrong with them as a person. There is a there is a part where he, David, you know where I'm going. Where yeah. he is insulting uh, his sister's. Uh, uh, you know her 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 physical features, yeah. and uh, he basically says uh, he's like you're a dog, a dog, <laughs> and just like does this weird, th- and just like all of a sudden like he goes from being like a little twelve year old kid to like being like an old school like horror icon, just like a dog, a dog, and like goes into this, <laughs> he just does this weird voice thing, and he does that all yeah. throughout. I, yeah, he, that's, he turns into like Vincent Price with Parkinson's, like he's like shaking, he's like, you're a dog, Louise, a dog. <laughs> I don't, I don't get a lot of, I don't get, uh, I don't get a lot of these opportunities, but uh, one time <clears throat> I had the opportunity to interview to do a punch-up on this uh this really terrible movie that may or may not ever get made um called ebony and ivory and it uh was a body switching movie um (laughs) i haven't seen one of those in a while yeah and i think the idea was that it was it's i think that it's capitalizing on like chris parnell i think they wanted to get chris parnell attached to star maybe he is attached but uh, I, I think it was to capitalize on his rapping ability uh, from uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, and in the movie, there is a, a black rapper. 
uh, who lives across the street from a white plastic surgeon that would be played by Chris Parnell. And they both uh, can't stand each other, but they have the same housekeeper who is a magical Mexican housekeeper, <laughs> which is something that that's a theme that they put in the movie that all Mexican housekeepers have magic powers, <laughs> apparently, and but somehow not the magic powers, so they get themselves out of the house cleaning yeah, game. I would magic myself up a better job. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but so she sees that they're you know that they have so many similarities, but they just. They can't get past their racial differences, so they switch bodies, and so now the rapper is in Chris Parnell's body, and the white guy, the white plastic surgeon is in the rapper's body, and hilarity ensues. Um, But it's weird, because reading it, like, I, I had to read it, and then come up with like my I guess whatever my thought would be for like rewriting it and and the movie I mean the script is god awful like by the end of the movie the final scene of the movie is a bus pulling up and uh uh like there's this neighborhood and a Jewish guy like a Jewish uh Hasidic Jew uh is yelling at his uh his neighbor who's Muslim because the neighbor's dog shit on his yard and they're like yelling at each other and then a bus pulls up and our same Mexican maid uh, magical lady gets off the bus and sees them both and then looks at the camera knowingly like it says it in the stage direction looks knowingly at the camera as if to say sequel um, so it's and it's but it, but the interesting thing about like reading it was whoever wrote this whoever initially wrote this script or who had written the draft that I read clearly knew nothing, one, about hip-hop. Like, I was offended both as a fan of hip-hop and as a human um, because <laughs> they also just, like, like they knew nothing about hip-hop, but then also, and, like, sort of treated that with, like, no real sense of, like, the characters didn't seem real at all. But then the whole thing was just kind of, like, from... Like, they never really got into the reality of if a black person and a white person really did switch bodies, like, what that would be like. It just was, like, let's take every stereotype we can about, like, race and just sort of funnel it through this movie. But every stereotype we're going to take are just the ones that, like, bother me, the white writer who wrote this. Like, like one one of the early scenes, like, when they switch bodies is, like the the black guy now in Chris Parnell's body like wakes up and like goes to the bathroom and looks at himself in the mirror and has like a freak out moment and it's just like holy shit I'm white and then he's like checking his body and then he like looks and he like opens his pants and he just looks down and he's like damn <laughs> and then <laughs> it cuts to now admittedly that is that is how I start my day. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, that part is true. So, I mean. But then on the on the other side of that, the black guy, the white guy now in the black guy's body, like, he wakes up and he goes to the bathroom and he's supposed to be, like, this big ripped, like, buff guy, like, I guess, like, 50 Cent or something like that. Although they wouldn't get 50 Cent. Uh, or maybe they would. I don't know. Hollywood's, Hollywood's an interesting game. Um, but, like... He, like, checks himself out in the mirror, and he's, like, feeling his pecs and, like, holy shit, I'm ripped. And then, like, he opens his 
pants and looks down. And then I think like the stage direction says something of like looks down uh, disappointed and like it was like disappointed that the stereotype isn't true. <laughs> and like like the stage direction of this movie was literally just like one angry guy just like I hate this stereotype about black people because my dick is bigger than any black guy I ever met. Fuck you. Now, what I want to see is the version of this movie where the, the housekeeper gets a job at the penitentiary <laughs> and then mixes up the Bloods and Crips with the Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> the Latin Kings also. Yeah. Yeah. The, one, the one thing, though, I, was, I, I did, it, it made me think about like, just that whole idea of like, body switching that I was thinking about, uh, which is like, if, you do, if you were to switch bodies... And like the like the one guy like he switches bodies and he's like damn look at my new giant white dick or whatever, <laughs> but like let's say he's stuck in that body for a while, if he if he masturbates does that make him gay? Because <laughs> it's not really his body anymore. Yeah. Like does that I, I I I throw that out there as as a question. Battleship pretension at hotmail.com listeners. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll give it to you. If you switch <laughs> bodies with someone else and you have to take care of some business, does that make you gay? That's, I, I, I think we all would like to know. <laughs> in case any of us ever switch bodies and really need to jerk off. I think in your, in your punch up session, you probably should have introduced that theme. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that was the, 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 eventually I never got to make it to the meeting. I, I got a flat tire on the way to the meeting and then, uh, it just got canceled and then they gave it to somebody else. They, uh, who I'm sure will do another terrible pass at it. Um, that's no offense to that guy. It just, like, it just, it seemed like the movie, it seemed like it could have actually been an interesting movie of like, if, you know, like, I think, I, I think like if, if a black person or a white person were to switch bodies, I'm sure there are certain things that, like, like certain misconceptions that aren't necessarily as, like, whatever high concept fun or low concept, I don't know, uh, just as, like, broad funny as, like, whose dick is bigger <laughs> and, like, shit like that, that it just seems like if, you know, if they were to switch bodies, it would be interesting to see, like, okay, the things that, like... Uh, like like the little things you don't think about normally as a black person or as a white person that you may or may not like uh, be affected by now. Uh, I guess I should give an example. Um, <laughs> like uh, you know, just little just little things. Like I think I, I feel like people always talk about like customer service or something like that. Does, like is customer service different? That would make for an awesome movie. I could see that as like <laughs> the second act break. Um, it was probably good. I got that flat tire. Uh, but even well, I, well to me, and this was like I, I think my like the biggest note that I had going in was that like uh, it shouldn't have been a rapper and a plastic surgeon because like it, like to me it seemed like it would have made more sense if it was like a rapper and a politician because yeah. I think like rappers are i think you know to a lot of like like rappers rappers do about as much as politicians do as far as having the ear of like the youth and stuff like and they can you know if like 50 cent makes vitamin water 
all of a sudden people are drinking vitamin water. If a rapper mentions something in a song, like uh-huh. he mentions Cavassier, everybody's drinking Cavassier. And it seems like in that way you have two characters that are like – and a politician who has a similar influence where it's like if they say, you know, we need to go green or we need to do – you know, we need tax breaks for the rich or we need health care, whatever. Like – it seemed like that would have been more interesting, like a plastic surgeon. Well, there's another aspect of that that I like uh, with the politician is that um, sort of the 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 rapper is the stereotypical rapper, sort of embodies the sort of uh, thug, you know, whatever stereotypes, and is successful, and that's intimidating maybe to 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 your uh, straight laced uh, old fashioned white people. Whereas a white politician represents a history of institutionalized racism, and therefore there's more of that intimidation factor Uh, yeah and it seems like that would have been interesting of just like then it's like you have a movie where it's like now you have this rapper who has like is a politician and has like the ability to whatever you know to affect some some change like Bullworth I never saw Bullworth but yeah that was yeah that's a good movie but then and then you have like in the same way you've got this this politician who's now a rapper who realizes like he could probably reach more people, you know, he could probably reach more youth or something like that as a rapper than he ever yeah. did as a politician and, you know, and sees things in a different light. And, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was, uh, I'm trying to remember, there was more. That, <laughs> like, that script was so awful. Well, it was, don't give everything away because I think we're, we'll all be lined up to see it. <laughs> <Yeah. weekend. laughs> see Chris Parnell and Ebony and Ivory. Oh, I, oh, hope, that, I hope it doesn't end up being called that. that was, oh, that was the other great thing is so, the because they've switched bodies, there's a big concert that uh, the rapper who I can't even remember the rapper's name. It was something stupid, like like it was literally something like Master Def, like <laughs> someone who just like maybe seen like a, like MTV on in an airport was like these are two words I heard on MTV. Yeah, um, but uh, he's got like a big concert. But he's still trapped in Chris Parnell's body, so Chris Parnell is going to have to perform at this big concert. But people still want to see Master Def, <laughs> and uh, so they so they decide like they're going to do a duet, and they do a hip hop duet of Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> <laughs> they like write like in they write in like two hours. Does uh, that song exist somewhere yet? Was that like the impetus? For the movie, do you think? Did, did in that the get script, written and recorded somewhere? In the script, there are lyrics. Like, uh-huh. there, there are actual... There are lyrics. If I still have the script, I'll email it to you. <laughs> and I, like, I... I didn't get the job. Fuck them. <laughs> well, there's a topic I want to go. Uh, As you can see, Wyatt's, Wyatt's got his career in the driver's seat. Fucking woo, yeah. All right. Uh, what did you have to say about Woodstock? What don't I have to say about Woodstock <laughs> is more like it, David. Hopefully you don't have much to say because we're going on. Movie's three hours, David. I, uh, <laughs> I have to, you know, I have to speak proportionally. <laughs> David has dropped the mic and stormed out. Um, I'm back. Is the mic still working, David? Who knows? You Looks know what? like it. <laughs> if not... Hold on. Uh, you stop talking. All right. And I will talk. Yeah, it's still still working. Okay, good. All right, so Woodstock. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. 
okay. I'll start with that. It is something that I was reluctant, uh, much like everything else. Actually, I was excited to watch Last Waltz, even though I knew nothing about it. Now, I've I was, never seen Woodstock, but let me say to you what the eighth grade version of myself would say to you about it. Okay. There's tits in it, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. But here's what the homophobic Tyler says. There's also dicks. Okay. All right. So be careful. All right. So start, so be looking, but you'll see when one's on its way and you'll be like, oh, I need to look away. Um, thankfully, there's all that split screen. So you can just look to the left side okay. of the screen. Um, but uh, good Lord. Anyway. So, um, yeah, I, I, I. It sounds weird. I don't care for uh, a lot of the like hippie things of the 60s like anytime like a character in a movie like did you ever see charlie it was uh the flowers for algernon yeah um you almost said algernon didn't you yeah i always yeah. do now uh, I, I did that in my head but anyway um yeah and uh, cliff robertson uh won an oscar for playing uh charlie this guy who is uh mentally handicapped and then becomes very smart and uh there's a part in it when he decides he's going to uh become a rebel and uh, he embraces all the uh uh 60s hippie stuff and it's uh a horrible nothing dates a movie like 60s hippie stuff all right <laughs> and woodstock is an entire film of it and i'm like i do not want to watch 3 plus hours of hippie stuff um but so that that's the attitude I had. I literally was like freaking Richard Nixon going into this, <laughs> going into this movie. But um, man, it freaking it turned me around. Not on hippies, but just it, it was such uh, just that's the thing. It is a movie that is linked to the event now. I mean, the two. It's not. It wasn't documenting the event. It was part of it. Uh-huh. You know. I mean. It was the cameras were there on stage. It got the planning. It got the building of the stage. It got, you know, it got. I don't know. I can't imagine how many cameras were running because they got everything. There's a reason they have that split screen stuff. It's an artistic choice, but also it's them saying there are a million things happening at once, and we're gonna get. We're gonna try and show you all of them, and they do for the most part. Like, yeah. you know, it'll show. You know, people in the middle of the crowd, and then of course on one side of the screen, and on the other, uh, a camera will be in town talking to the old, chief, you know, the elderly chief of police uh, mm-hmm. and his take on the situation. And it just, but what's more is just it, you. Uh, you. Uh, we were talking about this actually uh, with Jimmy Pardo, just how you watch it and the documentary. You know, it, it makes artistic choices and stuff, but the best it can do, the best thing can do it does which is it lets the artists and the fans and the townspeople lets them speak for themselves it doesn't try and make a point i mean it will show when people you know it's like oh peace and like you think of like when you think of woodstock you think of like oh like a bunch of hippies in the mud but they don't care some of them cared some of them were like this is this is bullshit man and then like there's and then there was one there, there was one uh particularly uh frustrating hippie who uh was talking about it's just like there's planes flying over seeding the clouds man they're trying to they're seeding the clouds so that it'll rain on us and i'm like <laughs> and then yeah and then it, so and then his hippie friend right behind him was just is like uh is like yeah why doesn't the news cover that and I, <laughs> And so I'm like, oh, hippies. But uh, anyway, 
um, it's it's weird. Like I didn't think like I didn't know I I had a problem with like hippies specifically until I watched this. Like I didn't like psychedelic sixty stuff, and then I'm just like, no, just hippies. Yeah, I don't care for them. But uh, so it shows the negative side of it. It shows somebody in the midst of these hundreds of thousands of people getting freaked out and claustrophobic, as you probably would. Uh-huh. And so it just they show everything. And one thing that they are not, you know, they don't try and paint the local townspeople as like stupid hicks that don't get it. It shows there are a couple people that are like, ah, oh, this is just this is this is awful, you know, uh-huh. because so not necessarily as a function of who these kids are, but just the sheer number of them and the effect that it's having on the yeah. town. But like the, I mean, so there's so much respect going on between the musicians and the and the crowd and the townspeople. Like, you know, it's interviewing this one woman who is uh, this elderly woman who's working on her car with her husband standing next to her, which is very strange. But um, it's a funny image. But uh, and they're interviewing these two people. And uh, and, you know, these bunch of young kids walk up and they're like, hey, can I use your phone? And then you and this these grizzled this grizzled couple, you expect them to be like, you can't use my phone, hippie. No, they say it's like you know what. Actually, uh, the phones don't work right now. Uh, but you know, I've got water for you. Are you thirsty? Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And so she's like, all right, come on in. And so she brings these pe- strange people into their house, and like, and that she, that chief of police I was telling you about was like, he goes, these are the nicest people you're you're ever going to want to meet, you know. And he says all this stuff, and then like, and then the the filmmaker is like. It's like that's kind of weird coming from a cop, and he goes, "I'm not a cop. I'm the chief of police." And I'm like, "That's <laughs> awesome." <laughs> so, and then of course the flip side, it shows you know like an army helicopter comes in and brings like doctors and stuff for uh-huh. you know like the kid that was born at Woodstock and that whole thing, and the somebody on the PA system makes an announcement in which it's like, "Hey, that you know we're no. we're seeing that color chopper come down," but you know what these it's like, and you might feel inclined to shout something at these people. They are bringing us doctors. So, and then there's just huge applause for the army. And it's just, it really yeah. captures. It's something that's like that. It, it was an amazing event and it really captures the epic scope of it. Let me talk about that baby born, born at Woodstock. Okay. <laughs> people say, you know, Oh, that's so awesome. There was a baby born at Woodstock. What that means is that some dumb hippie lady. Oh yeah. Went to Woodstock when she was nine months pregnant. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's horrible. It, it is awful. It's 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 two things. It's like oh, she. It means somebody made a bad decision. Uh-huh. Probably nine months after they made another bad decision. <laughs> but then what's more is uh, is yeah, it's the first also, bad decision was having sex with a hippie. <laughs> oh, that's always the worst. Condoms aren't natural. Um, <laughs> but like, but also it speaks to. It's just like statistically, you know, there's. 300, 400,000 people, somebody might be pregnant, you know, uh-huh. and maybe that, you know, maybe the baby comes a month early because uh, somehow in the midst of all these drugs floating around, maybe the baby <laughs> decided to come early. But, um, you mean to get his hands on some? To get his hands on some. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, they, you know, you hear people talk about, uh, it's like, hey, uh, there's a don't eat the brown acid like right. somebody stands on the stage and says that. And then this guy later known as uh, Wavy Gravy yeah. shows up and he's like, 
Hey, for the record, that brown acid is not poison. It's just it's just poorly made. So if you want to do it, it's your trip. And I'm like, oh wavy, it's like, oh wavy gravy. And it's just, and that's the thing. It's just my le- clearly, as you can tell, my level in, my level of enthusiasm. It it's just it is an amazing film. It won the Oscar that year, rightfully so. It is one of the. It's a great documentary. That's the thing. It's a it's a great rock doc because it's about so it's about the performances, but so much more. Um, but it's also a great concert film because you see, you know, the same guitarist from like eight different angles. And, uh, you know, and of course I don't mind, I don't mind the audience being shown here because the audience is just as much a part of this as the musician. It really is. It's, it's amazing. And it's something, it's weird. It's something that like, once I watched it, I instantly went, you know, online to see how the subsequent, you know, 1979, 1989, 1994, and 1999 uh, Woodstocks went. And, uh, and it just like, it's like, and of course, the complaints, they never went as well, of course, but even the ones that didn't erupt in horrible violence and rape. Uh, like 99. Like yeah. 99. Uh, even the ones that didn't have that. It was a it was a thing now. It wasn't a random thing, and so everybody complained about just like for like a basically like a personal pan pizza cost twelve bucks. Like uh-huh. it just it was that now. Yeah. You know, it was sponsored by Pepsi. It was yes. you know it's just like, and it's one of those th- and that's one of the reasons it's such a great documentary because it is documenting something that truly cannot happen again, no matter how much they try. Yeah, and uh, it's you've got to see it. Everybody's got to see it. It's amazing. Hippies aside, it's great. Okay, um, so like you started off saying, "Happy New Year!" Indeed. Um, and uh, there's a there's a tradition. I don't know where it started, but people do New Year's resolutions. That's right. Uh, I usually don't. I, I don't either. We cause... decided it would be good podcast fodder. Yeah. To do to do some. That's so right. um, we've each got five movie related uh, resolutions. Right. So I'll go first. Okay. Uh, my first one is I'm going to try to ignore things like like hype and and, and Oscar pressure, you okay. know, to see certain movies by certain dates. Right. You know, like we, you and I have talked about a lot. I still haven't seen No Country for Old Men. And it's yeah. not because I don't want to see it. I want to see it. I just don't uh, – I plan to be alive for a lot longer, and I yeah. <laughs> feel like I need to see it this week, you know, like just just uh, to to fit in with everybody else who's seen it. Early, I'll see it eventually. You know, and actually, now that you mention it, I will say this: if you were to die this week, No Country for Old Men is not the movie you want in your head. <laughs> <laughs> Those last few moments before you take your last breath. Yeah, well, the last movie I saw in the theater was Enchanted. So there you go. Now that, that was a good one. Now we're talking to see. Um, yeah, and that's actually that's that's a good resolution, you know, because I myself, I always do it, even though I'm. I get so frustrated with the Oscars, I still feel the need to see. It's like, well, I better see all five nominees, though I have no interest in seeing them if it weren't for the Oscars. Like, it just—it's very odd the the kind of pressure that 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 adds. So, yeah. but you know what? I agree. Well okay. done. Um, okay, so uh, here's here's one of mine. Uh, in 2008, I'm going to see at least seven foreign films in the theater, which is five more than I saw uh, last year. Which so. which uh, which two did you see? I saw year? the host, right, 
And I saw Letters from Iwo Jima, which was technically a 2006 movie, so I'm not sure if that even counts. So yeah, but you saw it in the theater in 2007. You saw yeah. both of those with me. Which I, think, right. I think that says a lot about my influence on you. Yeah, and uh, also I didn't have to pay for either one. <laughs> so that's that. Although, you know, something I mean, as well. It's been said a lot uh, in 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 the press. Uh, 2007 was a banner year for American films. It sure was. You know, so it it's not that. I mean, because I'm I, like if I look at my list of of movies that I've seen in 2007, there are very few. Uh, you know, yeah, very, very few. I saw a Clavia, the Indian film, but there are very few uh, foreign films on my list. It was okay. just a, a really big year for uh, for American film. Well, that does make me feel a little bit better. Um, now, David, you've got another one. I've got four more. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I've, I'm leading uh, you into just the one right now. I'm going to start trusting and listening to my friends who know about movies because here's what happened. In okay. high school, now, I mean, I knew you when I was in high school, but I didn't. You know, go to high school with you, and, right? And so, like, I, I just people, high school kids who thought they knew stuff about film, yeah, didn't. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really either. Right. But it's I, not necessarily the fault. You know, it's not. Yeah. That they're stupid. It's just but, you know, you're young. You have only been exposed to it a but short I, time. I knew more than most of them, <laughs> or I had better taste. And so I started putting like pretty much just ignoring my friends thought and putting most of my trust in in you know I'd find seek out critics that I trusted, right. And the thing is, that habit sort of stayed with me. Like, I still, even though now I have friends who are very knowledgeable about film, you right. know, uh, when they recommend something to me, I'll be like, eh, yeah, we'll see. You know, I don't say it out loud, but I'm kind of like, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, You've said that out loud to me, David. That's, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so I think uh, I need to, to start trusting my friends okay. on film recommendations. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to devote as much time as it takes to finally understanding what uh, French Impressionism is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. We can talk about neorealism. We can talk about German expressionism. You say French impressionism to me, and I'll I'll struggle to make to explain it, only to find that I have explained German expressionism. It's very frustrating to me, David. And this is the year I'm gonna figure out what it is. I I did Wikipedia. That did not help. So your birthday's coming up. Maybe I'll buy you a book. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, number three for me. Uh, and this is sort of the opposite of, of caring about what my friends think. I'm going to be less defensive about uh, – ne- next week we'll talk about our favorite movies of 2007. Right. And, you know, I've got just, like some children's films and some very mainstream films in my yeah. top ten. And I'm just sick of being defensive about that. Yeah. I'm not defensive. I mean, I still think the movies are good. Right. But I just like – I feel like I have to defend my credibility as a, as a film nerd when, when I really like uh, a kid's movie or a, or a mainstream movie. Well, yeah, it's very much, you know, I mean, my my favorite movie of the year is... Both? Yeah, I mean, it's, and so it's just like, and and people, usually, I will say this, usually people who haven't seen it are always just like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, it's really, really good, but I've it's gotten to the point now that I will say, no, no, it's really good, before anybody even has a chance to say yeah. anything. So, um, okay, all right, I gotcha. Uh, this is my number three... This might be the first resolution to go. Uh, <laughs> I will watch at least one Tyler Perry movie because I, I I bitch about him, but I haven't seen one. So as right. far as I know, he's freaking he's the next he's the you know the next Kubrick. Um, but I will watch at least one Tyler Perry movie, and I will give it as much of a fair shake as I physic as is physically possible. Good for you. All right, I I, I did that. I, I yeah. watched uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman with an open mind. Yeah. 
Um, and then that mind snapped shut right <laughs> after you saw it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to to beef up my DVD collection. Okay. I used to buy DVDs a lot when right. I was in college. When I worked at video stores, I could get them discounted and nice. stuff. Um, but I don't really do that anymore. Lately, I've I've gotten a few, um, and I've been watching special features, and I've realized how much. How much I enjoy watching special features of movies that I like. You know, it it uh, makes me feel like a a real good film film buff. And uh, (laughs) like you're doing the right. And I'm not gonna. And uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try to shy away from buying too many like brand new movies. Right. Right. You know, because that was another thing that I fell into when I worked at the video store because I would. That's what I would be able to get really cheap. Is right. so I, I have a lot of movies that came out in like 2002 through 2004. Like I have uh, a whole lot of those movies. <laughs> yeah, it seems to be a kind of a spike there. If you go year by yeah. year, <laughs> 2001, 2002, 2003. Oh man, yeah. I'd say it's like 75 percent of your collection. Um, uh, this is this is kind of an, an odd one uh, for me because I do sometimes engage in it, but. Uh, I'm going to try to remain as ignorant as I can of Hollywood gossip. This includes celebrity breakups and meltdowns. See, that was a, a little writing thing I did because uh, you always read about breakups or meltdowns. Yeah. Apparently, so, uh, apparently so, Britney Spears just had one. So. Um, so are you going to just not go to the grocery store anymore? Because that's I'm just, honestly you know, that's where I get all my celebrity news is standing in line at the grocery store. Well, once I, uh, I guess, I guess basically here, here's the deal. Like I will go to the internet movie database and they will have movie news or like studio news and then they'll have celebrity news. And with celebrity news, like sometimes it'll say such and such, you know, somebody did this and it's pure gossip. I mean, it's not like, you know, a a well-respected actor like passed away or something like that. I'll read that and in good conscience, but like, you know, so-and-so broke up with so-and-so or whatever. Or trouble on, you know, this person's in trouble again. And I will click on it, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I looking further into this? Like, basically like that kind of thing, where if I see the headline, I'll just let it be that. I'm not going to look further into it. Okay. Uh, My number five, my fifth resolution, is I am going to actively campaign Hollywood to put Matthew Lillard in more starring roles. (laughs) Because, you know, I've just recently seen the trailer for uh, something terrible that okay. he's going to be in. All right. I can't remember if it's either the Spiderwick Chronicles or In the Name of the King. He's in one of those two. I can't remember which one. Jason Statham's in In the Name of the King, but that's all I know. There's a lot of people in In the Name of the King, actually. Okay. But um, I-, I can't remember which one he's in. But not- hey, certainly you've seen Hackers. I sure have. And you've seen Scream. Yeah. And... Uh, I'm sure you would agree without hesitation with me that Matthew Lillard is the best part of both those movies. Well, he's I know he's serial killer <laughs> yeah. and hackers. Yes, he is. Um, but and he makes a, he makes a hell of a Shaggy. Yeah, he's funny as Shaggy. Yeah, and he's got a little uh, cameo in Looney Tunes back in action. That's right. Uh, with the animated yeah. Shaggy, which is a very funny little little scene. But have you seen Wicker Park with Josh Hartnett? I have, as a matter of fact. Okay. I'm sure you'll agree with me that it's terrible. It's a it's not horrid. A, not a good movie. Uh, but every time Matthew Lillard is on screen, he yeah. plays uh, Josh Hartnett's friend. Yeah. Suddenly the movie is filled with life again. And what's more is he's, you know, I mean, you think of him mostly as like a slapstick, crazy, kind of over-the-top actor, which he's good yeah. at. Yeah. But in that, he's just the amusing best friend. I mean, it's a, it's a role that you've seen countless times before, but he does seem 
genuine. He seems like just a a friend that you would know. Yeah. Um yeah, that's a good resolution. And I will, you know what? I I will join you. This podcast now, that is our resolution. <laughs> All right? I'm taking yours and making it mine. Okay. Um not to imply that I don't have a fifth one. I've got it right here, David. Okay, I'm, I'm right. looking forward to it. I am going to rewatch Armageddon, okay. The Punisher, right. Gone in 60 Seconds, The Postman, and Remember the Titans. Well, Will, why, why all those movies? Well, I'll tell you. Will Patton, this is your second chance with me. <laughs> all right? I haven't seen any of these in several years. Maybe I've changed as a person. I'm going to go back, and who knows? Maybe I'll fall in love with Will Patton. You know um, that you could just watch some of his good movies. That might help. But that's the, you know, that's, uh, you know, in like in like Jesus' son and... Uh, Jesus' son, yeah. But what about The Rapture? That's an amazing film. He's the cop, right? Yeah. He's pretty good in that, I guess. Oh. He's in Desperately Seeking Susan, a film that I personally, is very dear to my heart. Even I've though never it's a little seen cheesy. it. Uh, what else? Yeah, Jesus' son. Um, I like the Mothman prophecies. Oh, not yeah. going to be defensive about that. No, that, nothing wrong with that. But I do remember uh, Mothman prophecies was uh, one of the one of the one of our favorite jokes for a long time. That never has the word chapstick been so frightening than in the <laughs> Mothman prophecies. Um, yeah, but uh, he's also in two films that uh, I don't think you like. Okay. That I love Breakfast yeah. of Champions and Trixie. Tri- that's right. Yes, uh, I think I want to go with the ones you know. I mean, these are mainstream movies, and he does have like in uh, the Punisher and Remember the Titans, and certainly the Postman. He's he's got very substantial roles in that. Right. Like in Jesus' Son, he's just you know I'd say it's almost a cameo. I mean, he's not in it very much, is he? Uh, no. Okay. So I want to you know where he's very prominently featured. Um, I want to. I want to see what he can do. Well, maybe you should watch Desperately Seeking Susan. Okay. Because he's in it a fair deal, but he talks very little. All right. Okay. It's almost a dialogueless performance. Well, I don't have... You know, that may be, because I don't really have any objection to his appearance. <laughs> so so maybe I should give that one a try. Um, he does scowl, I think, in Desperately Seeking Susan. Will that bother you, the scowl? It might. His scowl bothers me. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, uh, I'm going to bring up something, and you know what I'm going to bring up because I we we showed it. I showed it to you before the uh, before we started recording. Yeah, talk about it for a second while I, I get a glass of water. Indeed, I am uh, furious, uh, listeners, because uh, those those who know know that uh, I am a staunch defender of of critics and stuff. But here, and and we've talked a lot about it. and I really didn't want to talk about it again, but here we are. Talking about it, if only briefly. Your hand has been forced. Indeed. Here I thought that Jamie Kennedy listened to our podcast and knew our feelings and and was on board with it. Not so, as it turns out. Uh, There's a documentary. It seems to be, uh, I mean, I think it's independently produced uh, because the only trailer online is one that involves all kinds of uh, swears. And that kind of thing, and so, um, and it says it comes out in 2007, and you know he's running out of time on that, so who knows? But anyway, uh, Jamie Kennedy, uh, actor and he uh, of kicking it old school, exactly. And Malibu's, and Malibu's most, most wanted. Most wanted. Um, he uh, has made a documentary called Heckler, and uh, it's all about, and it interviews uh, comedians, athletes. Uh, it has footage of like politicians and stuff, and uh, it's all about you know 
well, hecklers, you know, and just kind of the phenomenon of why somebody might want to scream out during somebody's performance. Now, David and I, as you know, do not like hecklers. We think it's a ridiculous, stupid thing to do. Um, so I'm on board with this. I think it's a good concept for a documentary. Right, and the first half of the trailer, first half is, of the trailer is, is about great. that. Yeah. So then second half comes along, and it says that Jamie Kennedy then... It's like, but then when his hecklers took to the internet, and then it shows, you know, his Rotten Tomatoes rating on, you know, Malibu's Most Wanted or whatever. Or no, Son of the Mask. Um, and uh, it's a very low rating. But then, like, and so it, it's like he decides he's going to fight back. And as David, you know, as you have said, it's like anytime an artist fights back against a critic, there's nothing but dignity to be had there. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just frustrating because cause then he's saying that it's like, oh, critics whether it be online or whatever the case may be they're just like hecklers and it's not true at it's all it's exactly uh, perfectly untrue yeah it's like the yeah. thing about a heckler the reason yeah. a heckler sucks yeah is because he is interrupting a performance exactly uh, it's not i mean even no matter how valid his opinion yeah. which it usually isn't because the kind of people who would do this don't have that kind of res- you know don't have that kind of intelligence right uh, but no, even if his opinion of the act on stage before him yeah. is valid, the fact that he's speaking during it, yeah. while all these other people around him, including him probably, have paid money and are yeah. there to see a show, and this guy is performing something, you know, if we're talking about a stand-up act here, something that's like written and rehearsed. Yeah. And, I mean, we've talked about this before, but this is why a heckler sucks, is because yeah. he doesn't respect the art form. Yeah. A critic as we've talked about here on the show, has more respect for Absolutely. the art form than, than your average average person and is therefore entitled to his opinion. Yeah. Uh, the art, and it's the art is completed. It has been, it's now, right. okay, we're done. We're presenting it. Like, if, a, if a, I was talking to my wife the other day when I first saw this, if a critic, if critics, like, started rushing on to sets and be like, stop everything. <laughs> okay, then they're like then they're like hecklers, but right. they don't do that, you know. And and I mean, yeah. And furthermore, they're they're putting their opinion forward in their own place. Exactly. They're not they're not like emailing their reviews to Jamie Kennedy. No, you know, uh, or, or 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 like <laughs> nailing it to his door like they're Martin Luther. <laughs> uh, not that I don't advocate that in Jimmy Kennedy's case. No. Uh, yeah. Ah, well, and here's joke. the thing: like is like it's, actually somewhat. I think he can be a good actor. I liked him in the Scream movies. I liked him in Three Kings. I liked the Jimmy Kennedy experiment a lot. That show. It can be very funny. Yes. Um, and it's just it, it's just frustrating that just like it's gotten to the point now. I mean, you know, Dave and I have been kind of lamenting the view of critics these days, but I didn't even know that they were viewed in this way. The same as like a disruptive prick. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, it's like, oh, there's a, oh, here we have a new level of what people think critics are. And it's just incredibly frustrating that just somebody, just like the idea of having an, like, it makes me wonder, did Jamie Kennedy go to any of the critics that gave him a favorable review? Because, I mean, there are hecklers out there who will laugh too much and will say something not critical, but they're still talking and disrupting. You know, yeah. like it's only it's only people who have something negative to say. You know, and yeah, that's and that's, clearly, yeah, that's not why a heckler is an asshole. It's not yeah. because he dislikes what he's saying; it's because he's interrupting it, even if he's yeah. exactly. And so, like, 
by you know by the definition of Jamie Kennedy, if somebody goes on and says something positive about Son of the Mask, I haven't heard it happen. But you know, if somebody <laughs> says something good about it, well, that person is a heckler too. They just happen to be taking a different point of view. But no, it's he doesn't go and confront any of the people who say something good. You know, they and the, so it's like, oh, it comes more from an from insecurity and defend and defensiveness than like you know approaching a, a phenomenon and that. Uh, uh, it just frustrated me. Well, it's a speaking lot. of the word frustrated, he says okay. in the trailer, one of the critics that he's interviewing, he's like, What's your website? Frustratedfilmmaker.com? Yeah. And it's like. And there's that thing we've talked about before. Yeah, and also he needs to realize he's the one who's looking, who comes off looking insecure yeah. here, not the critic. Well, and then, like, and they, and they, uh, and Rob Zombie, uh, the guy who took a horror movie that didn't need to be remade and remade it, um, Halloween. Um, yeah. But uh, like, and this hurts that Rob Zombie is. It is bothersome because I've, he's awesome. I've not seen his his films, but I've heard they're actually quite good. Um, but like, you know, he's like, yeah, he's like, critics, they're just living in their mother. And maybe he's referring to online critics. But either way, it's like just living in their mother's basement, don't have a girlfriend. It's like that doesn't apply to most of the people I know who put their opinions out there online and it's just yeah it's and just it's like stereotype. the oldest stereotype of nerds in the world yeah and it's so untrue because so nerds it's not like nerds are just male that's another yeah. stereotype it's not like there's just this whole legion of 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 nerds who yeah. can't get any pussy yeah it, there are female nerds as well and yeah. and they meet up and all the i mean someone argued they're more social because they have huge <laughs> events to socialize <laughs> and they spend all their time socializing on the internet and and uh, you know, uh, nerds don't have any problem meeting one another and meeting like-minded girls. They're not living in their yeah. in their basement. That's the thing is, I think everyone gets this view of comic book guy from The Simpsons. Right. And they just lock into that, but it's like you know him and like Professor Frank and that sort of thing. And yet, you know, I mean, you people like make fun of the people at Comic Con. It's a huge event now. I mean, it's like people yeah. fly in to go and. Yeah, it's and studios take notice, and you know they advertise movies that have nothing to do with comic books. David, does um, that bother you? No, not at all. But oh, I'm okay. just saying, it's like it, <laughs> it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I mean, it's no longer something that's looked down upon. It's the, the yeah. We'll we'll put a link on the show notes to this thing, so yeah. you can be just as frustrated as we are. Thank you, Absolutely. and please email the show with uh, your thoughts about whether if you switch bodies and masturbate in that other body, does it make you gay? Uh, we will announce this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I want to know, and I'm not. I'm not trying to find out because I've been switched into why it's an ex body. And I haven't, oh, are you Chris Barnell? I, I haven't masturbated in a month because I need to know. Because I ain't no queer. All right. It's like, right. say what you want about any race. You know, racism is wrong, but homophobia nothing wrong with that. Mm. And on that note. <laughs> on All the right. Battleship Retention motto, in fact. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>